doesn't matter. <clears throat> it does matter. We made it to the 30 episodes. Neat. I know. And we're talking about Terminator today. Great. But first, we want to hear all Justin's thoughts on the new Star Wars teaser trailer that dropped. It's 15 whole seconds. Um, so I mean, a lot to say about it. There was a lot of like head turning and, uh, you know, music going on from what's his face, John Williams. Yep. That was good. Um, and a lightsaber. Yeah, that was about it. Woo. Two lightsabers. Well, how do you count the one with the stupid little like handguard? Still one lightsaber. I don't really get it though. Like, how does the the arm guard work or the handguard work? The same way it does in a sword, I guess. But it's like a lightsaber. It's not guarding your hand. Your hand will be like running into the. <laughs> don't ask me. I didn't design it. Okay. I I think it's kind of weird looking and possibly stupid too, but. I think most people think it's kind of weird looking and possibly stupid too, but I don't know. There's a lot of weird lightsaber designs out there. Like, remember in, um, was it episode two? Like, what's his face? Uh, Dark Sidious, I think, had like the little curved lightsaber sword that looked like a. Oh, Count Dooku. Count Dooku, Count Dooku yes. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, that, whatever. The handle of it's curved, but it still was only one. Blade didn't have like a, a crossbar like on cane it. Almost, it. It made sense for his character though, because he was supposed to be this aristocratic guy. So of course he would have this kind of ostentatious curved lightsaber. Okay, so it's gonna go like medieval in this one. Yeah, that I. I mean, I'm guessing that's. Huh. I don't know how they go medieval though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait and see. Um, I have my judgments already, but I'll wait and see. I'll see if they're right or wrong. It was too short. I was more impressed with the teaser, the first teaser for episode one compared to this one. Cause the episode one teaser, the first one they brought out was a lot, had a lot more stuff in it than this. You mean the one that starts out in the swamp? Yeah. And that was more exciting. And I mean, I, I don't discount the fact <laughs> that I was also like 11 at the time. So I was probably more excited, but there, there seemed to be, they were selling it harder. Well, I just didn't see anything in this one that really seemed like that new or interesting from like the trailers that's already come out? No, I mean the only thing we saw was John Boyega with the lightsaber. Yeah, that's it. And they, I, they already the released a thing. poster with him with the lightsaber. Oh, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, but it didn't get me like, oh my god. Ah. It was no. just like, oh, okay, he's got a lightsaber. Neat. Yeah. Great. Everybody's got a fucking lightsaber. Yeah, they're not special anymore. But I mean, they sort of already did that in what episode three when they had this stupid like giant battle where everyone had a lightsaber running at each other episode two was that two the, i thought in, it was in the big gigantic gladiator stadium on the bug planet yeah yeah episode two. Oh, i thought that was three when they did this stupid order 66 thing like that was happening maybe it was two i don't know it's been a while since i sort of like blocked it out of my memory two is the big battle on the sand gladiator pit where the jedi come to rescue obi-wan and padme and anakin from the bug people with the clones that they just got. And then episode three is the, all the lightsabers are out when the stormtroopers are brutally executing their Jedi children. Mm -hmm. And then good guy, who was a great friend to Obi-Wan, Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader, cuts up the, like, the five-year-old kids. That was the best part of all three movies. In a Star Wars movie, yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> uh, at least they have the decency to make John Boyega look like he doesn't know what he's doing. With well, a lightsaber, because if it's just like 
hopefully he gets his ass kicked because I, I won't, wouldn't be able to handle it. I will throw my 32-ounce big gulp at the screen if it turns out he's going to instantly pick up the lightsaber and become like a... A Master Jedi or something? Yeah. yeah. Which I hope that they're not going to do that. I mean, when you look at it, though, I mean, Luke was sort of similar. Like, he didn't really have much training. It was like, oh, he just, like, flew on the Millennium Falcon for a while. Like, all of a sudden, he, like, got to the Death Star, and he's, like, a cool Jedi. Well, sort of cool. All the rumors I've read say that, that it's actually the girl who's the hero. Have you oh, seen the original Star Wars movies, Justin? I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm trying to remember them. <laughs> well, actually, no, he didn't really do much fighting on the first time we went to the, no, the Death Star. he just ran away. Right. <laughs> I, I, was, I thought he did some fighting there, now that I'm thinking about it. I guess he didn't. Except he did, he did some fighting on the second Death Star. Yeah. Yes, okay. No, yeah. That but, but still, all the fighting they do in the original trilogy, you don't really get a sense of what it was like to have a Jedi fighting because... Luke was kind of just an initiate trained by like a crippled old Muppet and, you know, Darth Vader was also crippled. So they really couldn't do any of the cool shit and yeah. acrobatics. Luke does like one backflip. Vader or he does, does two backflips. But he, Vader does a backflip. Does he? What he does jumps he over the pit, the, the pit where Han Solo's in. No, no, in, in episode uh, Return of the Jedi, he has that awkward uh, fall when, off of the catwalk. No, like he, where Vader falls over. Uh, but what? does he do a backflip? He doesn't do a backflip. No, Luke does an awkward backflip, and Vader falls to the ground and kind of rolls awkwardly. I don't oh. remember that. I thought you were saying Vader did a backflip, and that's where I was... No, yeah, I did say that originally, but I was had okay. my characters transposed. Luke, Luke does a backflip on the Jabba's sail barge, and then he does one getting up onto the catwalk in the, the Emperor's throne room. Okay. Yeah, but that's like the only Jedi acrobatics in the entire original trilogy. Oh, he jumps out of the thing in Cloud City. That's not really. Well, you mean, you're I, talking about really the giant acrobatics, like, though. I think <laughs> jumping like 18 feet is pretty acrobatic. Which thing in Cloud City? The the carbonite chamber. Darth Vader tries to use the Force to flick the switch to freeze Luke in the carbonite block. Oh, and he jumps out. And Luke jumps like 20 feet in the air to grab onto the thing on the top. Okay, I thought you were talking about him like sliding down the tube. Oh, no. I, I'm like, okay, I don't really see where you're going with that. It's just he didn't like, really have a lot of control in that situation. Yeah. Okay. But yes, I guess there wasn't a lot of, like, Jedi fighting. But, like, when those movies came out, there wasn't any, like, you know, extended universe type stuff to say, oh, Jedi fight like this. So. But George Lucas himself said that the reason why, besides the technical constraints I th yeah i was gonna say the reason why that they don't fight like that is because the jedi are all dead nobody has the training anymore and darth vader can't do it because he's like half machine so he can't move like that anymore and the emperor's an old guy too and luke is like untrained so he doesn't know how to do any of that stuff and he said that's why he made them do all the crazy acrobatics and shit in the original trilogy to show you how great the jedi once were so I'm hoping in the new movies, to, you know, regardless of the plot or anything like that, that the fighting is more like the original trilogy because, I don't know, the, the story gets lost in the shuffle when all you see is, like, Jedi going, like, whoosh and moving around like that. And there, was, there, was, there wasn't much story to be lost in those original movies. So, but yes, what little there was was lost by, you know, Using a lightsaber to carve out something in a door or like... Oh, in the prequels. Yes, in the prequels. Okay. When you say original movies, 
Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, prequels. Prequels. Right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, and like pushing around droids, cutting through them like butter. But I then you, you I... run away from the droids really fast after you cut the door open. Oh my god! But you I for, forgot. You forget how to do that later. <laughs> I think if I was a kid, that I would I would be really really excited about the new Star Wars movie. If not for the actual movie, then just for like all the the toys that are coming out for it. You know, like ooh. Got to build your stormtrooper army now because they got new kinds of stormtroopers, right? And there's all these new vehicles and shit. I mean, th- no, the cool shit that's coming out is going to be all the new Lego sets, probably. I remember you, when I was a kid, probably I was, right. Yeah, like I didn't really like the prequels when I was a kid. Like I was like, okay, whatever. They're like fun movies. Since I was a kid, I was sort of dumb. But like, the best thing about it was like, oh sweet, I got like this Naboo Starfighter Lego set. That was really cool. The Lego sets for the prequels and the original, because they're still making Lego sets, mm-hmm. right? New ones, but. I thought they they've all been really cool. Like I thought the coolest one that I saw in a long time was uh, Django Fett's version of Slave One, the Lego version of it. Oh. Pretty detailed. Like it's over like a thousand pieces. Oh, it's yeah. like a three hundred dollars set. So. Yeah, kids love them. Parents like cringe at them. Love. Like oh fuck, <laughs> my wallet. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, I I was at the mall a while ago and they had like a, a display up of all the, the Lego star Wars stuff. And they had like the really expensive sets out there. And there is something to be said about that. Like they're almost better than like the actual toys. Like, Oh the, yeah. The one, like the action figures and stuff. Like you almost want to have the Lego stuff more because it's very detailed. Lego's doing a good job then. But yeah, those like cutaway death star sets are like, you know, four feet high and super detailed rooms in each like cutaway. Yeah. I think the biggest one I've ever seen was the, uh, you can get, or you could get the super star destroyer and it was like 10 feet long and you had to have like Jesus. a display stand to put this thing up. And it was like something like 8,000 pieces. And it, cost it was crazy. Like two grand. I think it cost like 800 bucks or something. Jesus. It was definitely a collector's edition thing. Yeah. Okay. I did anybody does anybody know if Disney dropped THQ as their developer for games? I think of, they do it. I think they're doing it. Um, I don't. I don't know who they're doing new games. Though. Actually, are some new games coming out for? I know there's Battlefront, and that kind of ties into the movie. But that's with um, that's EA, EA and Dice then, or whatever. Right, Dice. BJ Dart. But right. Who? Okay. What? Oh, okay. I guess you didn't read the article. I'll send you an article about uh, the downfall of LucasArts. How, yeah, LucasArts kind of died horribly, and Battlefront 3 got really fucked up because George said it on some of the meetings and offered his uh, his insights. Oh, wait. Is this like old Battlefront 3 before? Yeah, when LucasArts was trying to do it internally. Oh. Like the bad guy should be named Darth Insanius or Darth Icky. And everybody in the room is kind of like waiting for George to be like, just kidding, you're ha, fucking with you guys. And he just moved on to the next point in the meeting. I'm just, you know, I'm, <laughs> I want to hold out just like 1% hope that that was like his attempt at deadpan humor and just like nobody got it. And therefore they wrote about it later. <laughs> but but I don't think it was. See, I would have thought about that until, you know, was that LucasArts game where you had the gun that like made the big piles of earth or whatever go up and down? I can't remember what it was called, but... Uh, George also thought that the guy in that game should be named BJ Dart because he looks like he moves really fast. What? What? Yeah, I know. This is how you get like 
the plot point of Dexter Jetster at the 1950s cafe in episode two? Dexter Jet is that the, the dude selling death sticks or whatever? No, no, no. The big fat guy who Obi Wan visits, who apparently has intimate knowledge of where the cloners hide. And you see his ass crack. Yeah, the guy he's always pulling his pants up. Jesus Christ! Those um, them cloners, Camino yeah, and the short order cook knows all about the cloning industry with the hidden planet. Okay, I had forgotten about that plot point. And now I'm going to be haunted. It's actually something that could have been cut out of the movies entirely. very, very easily and replaced with like one line of dialogue somewhere else. Like, oh, I used to, I remember the guys on Camino did that. So, oh, it's missing. Instead of having a CGI scene with a big retarded looking alien with forearms. Mm. Or you yeah. could just, you know. Huge stubble. Do you notice that? He has like five chins and lots of stubble, like. That'd be hard to shave if he had, like, five chins like that. Yeah. Just skip straight to uh, the part where Obi-Wan goes to, you know, the little kid tells him it's been deleted from the computer archive. That's what those guys who did the despecialized editions should move on to. They should make the re-specialized editions of the prequels and cut out, like, all the extraneous crap that everybody hates and just... There is one you know, kind of like that. The, um, the, the It's called the Phantom Edit by a guy called Magnolia Fan. So I guess he's a, a fan of Kevin Smith, but he took out all, he recut episode one to make more sense, quote unquote, took out all of the extraneous stuff that doesn't matter, like the queen becoming friends with R2-D2 and rearranged some of the Watto uh, pod race betting scenes. So it actually has like a, a sensible story continuation. All in all, it's like 15 minutes out of the movie. I haven't watched it, but apparently it improved the quality somewhat. Yeah, only 15 minutes, Scott? That's surprising. Well, 15 minutes is kind of a long time in a movie, if you think about it. And if he's just, like, cutting How out... How long was that movie? It was an hour and a half or two? It was more than two hours. Oh, really? It was a long movie. Okay. I mean, you can drop out 15 minutes of the political shit or Chancellor Valorum asking to form a committee to examine the validity of their accusations. Just snip. <laughs> <laughs> Got the full first part of that movie with like this stupid like running around fast and and then it's like watching C-SPAN for twenty minutes. Uh, and those like horrible uh, trade ambassador aliens that were the like the Japanese guys. Yeah, the Japanese guys. <laughs> the Japanese businessmen. <laughs> oh. So. Yeah. I the Nemoidians. Yes, the Nemoidians. Who have a private army. What? There are two of them now? <laughs> we should not have made this bugger. <laughs> oh, God. That's what they fucking sound like. No, it right? wasn't exactly what they <laughs> sounded right. like. George Lucas, like, just, They sound you know, like a horrible stereotype of a, yeah, a Japanese like, businessman. We're going to make, like, Japanese businessmen from the 80s and put make them aliens. <laughs> oh, God. The whole concept was confusing. It's... The whole fucking movie was confusing. All of them. So it, hopefully, I mean, J.J. took Star Trek, which at times can be horrifically boring, mm -hmm. and did his interpretation of it, which, so all right, whatever. Romulans hey. are now psychos. Hadn't seen the second one yet, but. But don't bother. Okay. <laughs> Benedict Cumber, Cumberbund, Cumber. Cumbercunt? Yes. Couldn't think of the last part of his name. He isn't Khan. He totally isn't Khan. He's definitely not. 
He's John Harrison. He's John Harrison, and they tried to do the fake out and made you think he was um, uh, Deck. No, not Decker. Uh, the guy from the original series who went through like the galactic barrier or whatever and oh, got the funny um, eyeballs. Yeah, Gary. Gary Seven or something. No, not Gary Seven. Gary Seven was the the agent on Earth trying to prevent nuclear war. Gary Mitchell. Yeah. Gary, Gary Mitchell, Kirk's friend, and he gets turned into the godlike person yeah. and goes nuts. They yeah. tried to do a fake out, and then it's just like... No, and you know what the cheesy thing is about that? They did a comic series after the first movie dropped, and they just... Basically, they retread like every fucking episode from the original series and just like drew it with the new characters. Wow. And just things turn out slightly differently, so it was like the biggest waste of money if you're going into a comic book store to buy those things. That sounds like a huge waste of money. It was kind of cheap. But anyway, he's not con. Okay. Well, then I will skip that. Until, until crazy psycho Royd Vulcan Spock punches him right in the face and he doesn't fall over. So when when does the new Star Wars movie drop? Is it December? It's Is it this December or next? It's this December. Okay. Yeah, I don't know where... Th- I don't know what the day is, but I'm sure it's targeted to be during Christmas break for schools. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be I want to say it's huge. like mid-December, like 16th or like 15th or something Probably like that. Probably the first weekend of break. Yeah. Yeah. Probably so it's like going to be massive. and. Oh, yeah. Disney's yeah. going to print money off of this. Yeah. I really hope that theaters, when this comes out, they're like really doing their security procedures to the, the letter, searching all bags and stuff. Because you know some asshole psycho is going to try to shoot up a Star Wars movie or something. You just know it because there's going to be a lot of people there. And now that's like the new thing to do if you're a crazy person. Just take a lightsaber with you. They do well with blaster bolts. Can they stop bullets? That's never really covered in Star Wars. Because you can't really see the bullet coming. I would guess that it does because, I mean, it would just like disintegrate it or whatever. But it would spatter you with like hot lead. Yeah, little pieces of like sand that are lead. That would be painful. Uh, but I'm not maybe. joking. I'm really serious about that. I hope because you know some asshole will try to do that. Oh, for some midnight release. Yeah. Oh yeah, of know? course. But maybe. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, I don't think your average movie. Th- the TSA represents a low bar for security, and I don't think your average pimple-faced high schooler is up to that bar at the movie theater. I was just going to say, like, you know, no backpacks going or whatever, and like. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I hope they do. Anyway. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, you never hope a deer gets shot up on a release night right, of a right. film. I just, no, I hope that they don't, like, slack off and, you know, let things through, slip like that. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, yeah. Too. also, as you guys know, the next StarCraft expansion is coming out, but I have it on good authority that the, one of the best casters, Husky, has quit. Okay. <laughs> I actually haven't been playing Star Wars or not Star Wars. Starcraft in a while. I'm all mixed up. Um Yeah, I hadn't been really following the new expansion coming out. Uh, I thought it was a little funny cuz this guy he he made I a mean, big deal. I mean, I remember Husky being like kind of a giant cunt when He he, he made casting. a big deal like a few years back about saying that he was never going to stop casting Starcraft and now oops. Yeah. He got tired of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When you're in, like, a bubble of a game being, like, real popular, I'm assuming you're always thinking, like, oh, I'm going to play this forever. And then, like, wanes in popularity. I mean, like, Dota and, like, other MOBAs are the big thing now. 
or as far as casting goes. So Heroes of the Storm. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's getting any traction or not. I, I just know Dota and League are like the top two right now. Yeah. I played the Heroes once. It was kind of fun. You did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's about all I know of it. I don't know. I was dropping coins or something. Or oh, I, I just thought it was funny because I, I sometimes watch his videos and I clicked onto his channel and there had nothing had been updated since like last year. So. Well, I don't know. Is he like doing some other game now or is he like got a I read that he or? like he's producing other YouTube stars stuff now. That's oh, what he does. so he's, he's just behind in the, the scenes. whole YouTube. Nice. Google money type yep. thing. Yeah, it works for him. It's good money. No, I mean, and the guy who created Minecraft with his huge fortune now says he feels isolated inside his, his seventy million dollar home in L.A. with like his huge carport with like a whole fleet of cars and his collection of James Bond memorabilia. He sounds like a lottery winner. <laughs> I mean, did he blow all his money? No, all the no, no. like a lottery winner, like somebody you know. Stereotypical trucker hat guy wins the hundred million dollar scratch off, and then moves to Beverly Hills, and it's like, well, yeah, of course you're not going to fit in if you didn't grow up in that, yeah, like kind of lifestyle. You're going to feel a little awkward. Hmm. I mean, I feel bad for Notch a little bit, but also it's you know, your two billion dollar fortune from Microsoft. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Go rent a thousand hookers or something and have an orgy. Like, what are you crying about? Go run a thousand hookers for like the next, you know, fifty years every day. Exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the important thing people should do for StarCraft Two, though, since Grant brought it up, is look up the two v two match between two losers and uh, Antaran and Scrimfoes. Are you sure it's Scrimfoes? It, is it Scrimfoes or Scrimpoes? I I don't know. We'll have to go to research <laughs> on that one. But you know. It's like you look up two losers versus. You probably shouldn't look up two losers versus Antaran and, and Scrimfos. Uh, you, probably just Antaran and Scrimfos. Yeah, it's probably gonna give you a better result. These guys are like top StarCraft players. They were the number one two v two team in the world for a while. Yeah. All right, and through the magic of podcasting, everything should be fine now. Okay. Okay. What were we talking about? Who's your favorite race to exterminate in Master of Orion? Oh, right. We were talking about genocide. <laughs> um, wait, wait, I can't remember where we stopped. I thought we were talking about StarCraft Two. I guess there's a bit of genocide in that game. Well, I think that the bridge is uh, Antaran, a.k.a. Antaran, according to the oh, caster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But... I'd have to go with the Nolams because they're always <laughs> stealing my shit. <laughs> And then when I call them up and demand they stop spying, they just say, okay, we will, but we weren't doing it in the first place. I like getting the lizard people, the Sakura. The lizard people are the most useful to keep around. No, I like killing them because they always come on so strong and aggressive and like, we're going to fuck your shit up and, you know, give us the money and stuff. And then, you know, you get to kill them and it's like killing Barney too because they're big purple you dinosaurs. You one around just to have like your underground homes so you can double the population. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? You keep a token one around. To... Yeah, you keep a token one on each planet, like, and they just like double your population. That's so great. Um, 
yeah, the Nolams are pretty good. The fun thing to do is just like really trolly do like the the teleport feudal. Wait, is it tele feudal warlord? Tele feudal warlord rush, yeah. Yeah, so you just like build a ship in like the first five turns, starve all your people, and then like you go on this like telepathic rampage of every planet you can reach in your sector. <laughs> cool. Rare Pepe's. Rare. <laughs> Do you have the rarest Pepe's? What are the rarest Pepe's? Like the interdimensional quantum dust one that manifests in this this space time, like one in one hundred million. <laughs> what the <laughs> shit are you talking about? What is rare Pepe's? <laughs> Look it up. It's a long story. Is it something with Pokemon? No. <laughs> But anyway, the feudal Tully Warlord rush. Yes. It's good stuff. Yeah. Because as long as you have, I think, a cruiser or above, and they don't have... Um, if you defeat all the defenses, you can just take over the planet without invading it with ground troops, and everybody's instantly assimilated because you just like dominate their mind. Yeah, the only problem is um, if you try and go to their home world and it has one of those... Like, every home world has that initial star base, and if you lose against that, you're just fucked. Well, yeah, or if you go up against somebody who is also telepathic or who rolls and gets the, um, what's their, what are they called, the Illyrians? Mm. The beautiful Amazon space woman. I think they're the Illyrians. Yeah. And one of the, the people you can hire from them has the, uh, the trait that they are um, they're telepathic. So if there's two telepathic races or there's a telepathic leader on the planet, you can't take it over with oh. telepathy. And then they build, you know, their first destroyer two turns later and blow you out of the sky. And then it's just like, well, menu, new game. <laughs> yeah. How is that um, one uh, game coming along that was a different, like a new 4X More? Game? More, yeah. Still going. Still going. Okay. Yeah. They uh, had a lot of stuff added to their schedule because they far exceeded their money goals for their bonus round. So. Okay. I wasn't sure if they had like a estimated date or whatever. I hadn't been following that at all. I don't know what the estimated date is. I get an email from them every once in a while. Okay. But I'll put all the stuff in the description along with that great Scrimfo's Antaran series of matches if it's still up there. Yeah. And I guess the the teaser and I can't remember what else we talked about, but sure, okay. I'll have to I'll have to find the um Or maybe the um the cut version, the one that has the reordered yes. Phantom Edit. The Phantom Edit. Yeah. It's pretty good stuff. Okay. I'll, I'll find the. I'll at least get a link to that. To some, I'm like, I think there's like a, a fan edit wiki or something that has a link to it, because I'm pretty sure the only place you can download it is from torrent sites. But. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever. Just like I recommend people watch the Despecialized Edition, I recommend people give this a sniff too, because it's uh, vastly improved over what George turned out by himself. I mean, if you're gonna go and watch Star Wars, you may as well give this a shot, because. I'm assuming most people that are listening to this have seen Star Wars before and the prequel, so it's just a new way to watch it. It's a better way to watch it. Uh, maybe. Probably. Definitely. It can't be any worse than fucking the George edit. <laughs> yeah, it cuts out a lot of the, the um, yeah, like Jar Jar stepping in shit. There's no point. That was my favorite part. Then, My like, favorite part is where his... he had his, his arm fucking stuck in the pod racer engine because I was like, yes, Anakin, turn it on. Turn it on. Put the key in. Fucking flip that thing. Wow! Yeah, it would have been wow. great if he'd gotten his arm ripped off and they're like a kid in a wheat thresher in the 19th century. 
Jar Jar got his hand stuck in the cotton gin. <laughs> oh, next time I play Oregon Trail, whenever that happens to be, I'm just naming everybody Jar Jar and just sending them to awful deaths. Jar Jar tried to caulk the wagon and float over the river. The wagon capsized. Jar Jar drowned. Yes. Yep. Oh, well. <laughs> Which version do you play? Oregon Trail or Oregon Trail 2? Um, what was the most recent version that I was playing? It was like, uh, uh, I think it was on my phone, but it was ported to PC as well. Um, it was a version of Oregon Trail with like a zombie thing oh, in it. Oh, Oregon Trail? What? Oregon Trail? Oregon Trail, maybe? Oh, it's Oregon Trail, yeah. O-R-G-A-N, like organs. But, I mean, it was the same setup as like the classic, yeah. like... Just Oregon zombie trail, themed. but it was like zombie theme. You're going along in your car, and like you know, you can break down on a tire, and like the random events are like, oh, like you know, the character was fucking with a med kit, and it like flew out the window. It's like, god damn it! Like, <laughs> how does something just fly out a window when you're it, fucking with it? A lot of the random events are like just there to piss you off. It seems like a lot less of like, oh, the food went bad. Like, okay, I can imagine that in like the Oregon Trail. It's like. So and so was like fucking with like fifty dollars and it flew out the window. It's like, like God damn it. You get, you get out, your car drives away without you or Yeah. Or like when a bandit comes up to you. There's like yeah, a random event where like a bandit comes up to you in the middle of the night and like kidnaps someone and has like a knife to their neck and you have to like take an aim with the gun and like shoot them in the face. And if you miss, <laughs> they just like slice the person's throat and like runs away. Like oh Do you see the person plead out instead? Well, you see the person just, like, fall to the ground, oh! and, like, it's like little pixel art. It's like the original <laughs> Oregon Trail. It's actually pretty amusing to play. I'll look that up. I like Oregon Trail, too, because you can go hunting. Oh, yeah, deer hunting. Yeah. The buffalo. Was, you get the buffalo. Was yeah. Oregon Trail 2 the one that actually had, like, not pixelated graphics? It was... Yeah, yeah, it was had, like, the full motion video people, like, chroma keyed behind, like, the general store desk, and... Yeah, yeah. What do you want? And you start out as the banker, so you have a shitload of money. You're like, I but want the fucking big wagon. Well, no, 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 no. You don't start out as a banker. You get a bad bonus at the end. You only get like a 1x bonus rather than if you're a farmer, you get like 3x. Yeah, but to, the the goal is to make it to the end of the Oregon Trail. No one cares about your score, man. It's all about whether or not you make it all the way. No one wants to settle in fucking Carson City. It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to settle there now. Well, oh, yeah, it's nothing's changed, but... Yeah, you always... Wait, did the original Oregon Trail have that one part in Oregon Trail 2 where you could go down the river and it was like a mini game? I don't know. You, that was in Oregon Trail 2, right? Or yeah, was yeah, yeah. some version that I played that? No, it was Oregon Trail 2 where you did like, you didn't want to take the fair and you didn't want to uh, try to find a way you could like just go over the river. Yeah, it was like this mini game where you had to like dodge rocks. Yeah, it was caulk the wagon and float it and you had to float between the rocks and like the, the whitewater current so you wouldn't get flipped over and killed. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty good. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. That's why you buy the Conestoga wagon, though, because it's big and it's hard to flip over. Floats pretty well. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's been a long time. So you should read the strategy wiki for it. I am kind of sad that there's a strategy It'll cost you a little bit of your soul, but you should read it. Oh, yeah. See, I, I wish they would put in like a mod for like the better options so you could be an unethical traveler and so when you start the game you know you can just like hold up the guy in the you know the store and just like steal the wagon steal your supplies just kill the guy you're on the run you got to get out west to avoid the law or whatever (laughs) that would be fun but every town you stop in like the the merchants like have posters of you up so it's like you have have a shootout in the the square (laughs) the town square (laughs) no so it's like the skyrim justice system yeah 
What? Or sorry, the oblivion justice system. Where like if you commit a crime in the bottom southwest of the map and you go to the northeast, the guards up there like two seconds later are like, hey, wait a minute, you just committed a crime and 500 miles away. But I mean, it, make, it would make more sense in the context of that game because you have like, you know, Pony Express type things of like people like a single horse can run faster than like a wagon going. Yeah. So, you know, you but, have, you yeah. know, people live, delivering like wanted letters like ahead of you or you're going. So then by then, the time you get to Carson City, you're like... <laughs> Fucking the most wanted person in fuck Carson City. Carson City, yeah, fuck that. Where, <laughs> where, where do you go when you when you complete the game like correctly and you don't settle in Carson City? Uh, I just remember there was like this picture of like this like valley of like. I'm just wondering, is it actually City. Oregon or California? It's Oregon, I think. Okay. Okay. Sure. I don't know. It's always like whenever you get to the fort or one of the settlement towns, it's like, hey, do you just want to stop here? No, gotta continue, and then little Jimmy dies of cholera, and you just toss his body out of the wagon. <laughs> Dead weight. Uh, you, yeah, those little gravestones. <laughs> the gravestones you always run by, and like you can, can't you put in like an inscription or something? It's yeah. like Jimmy was a fag. And he's like, <laughs> and Jimmy liked anal. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it'd be a really cool Oregon Trail game. Hmm. This one where you are a uh, cybernetic cyborg organism from the future. <laughs> <laughs> and you go back and you ask the general store guy for a plasma rifle in the 30-watt range. 40-watt uh, range. Gonna, watt range. <laughs> I thought you were first going to ask him for his clothes. But just, I mean. just what you see, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gives you the flintlock musket. Just what you see. <laughs> he does make some pretty good gun selections, though when he gets denied for the laser gun. <laughs> yeah, his second choices are yeah, pretty informed. Pretty informed Pump choices. action shotgun. <laughs> yeah. So, now that we've segued successfully, how did John That Connor, was a good segue. How did, where, where did John Connor get his shotgun? Oh, Kyle, Kyle Reese. Reese. Oh, no, fuck, yeah. He Kyle steals Reese. it. Um, yeah. He steals, steals it. it. Oh, yeah. I didn't... Because I saw there was just the one scene where Kyle was, like, cutting off the end of it. I'm like, wait, where did he get that thing? I think it's implied that he steals it. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if there was like something I missed of like side stealing the clothes he off. He was the... keeping it in his trench coat and stuff after yeah. that. Yeah. I think they just made it like, oh, he stole it. Okay. Because the cops are looking for him. It's say. 1980s LA. Probably not Everybody that. They have better things to do. Yeah. Not that hard to find a gun. And the cops are busy beating up black Rodney people King. or gay yeah. people or, you know, heroin users. All of the above. Yeah. The LAPD is busy. They have a job to do, and it doesn't include tracking down people who steal guns. That's well, the, wait, it's 1984, so they're busy trying to make sure Axel Foley gets out of town, right? Yeah, they're pulling bananas out of their tailpipes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're occupied with. That didn't sound very good. Um, <laughs> well, it is L.A., so you can take that any way you want. <laughs> I feel like I missed the whole like okay, few yeah. references there. For, for anybody who hasn't seen Beverly Hills Cop, he, he stalls a cop car by putting the banana up the, the tailpipe of the actual But he car. gets it from the gay waiter. Right. The, the yeah. waiter gives him the bananas and just says, like, you know, take whatever you want, like, you know, because he thinks he's cute or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Um, sure. <laughs> now there's a crossover that should have happened. Axel Foley should have encountered the Terminator. Arnold would have wasted him like six seconds. That are like I've uh, been waiting for you. The gay waiter was like working in Sarah Connor's restaurant. 
In the diner. <laughs> <laughs> Where that fucking kid puts the ice cream in her pocket. Was that ice cream? Yeah. I thought it was ice cream. Okay. Yeah. I, I always looked at that and like sometimes I think it's ice cream. Other times I think it's like a big scoop of just like mashed potatoes with like gravy on it that like just plops in there. I think it's supposed to be like an ice cream sundae, the top of it or something, and the kid just dumps it in there. Oh. Just want to take the fork off the table and stab him in the eye. I just always figured it was something that he wouldn't want to eat, like possibly mashed potatoes. I think the kid was just being a little cunt. Well, I mean, yeah. That was a movie. I shouldn't be thinking that hard about it, but... Right. This is a low-budget way for James Cameron to demonstrate his concept on film. Just turns out to be incredibly cool and has yeah. some incredibly funny moments and s- scenes if you, if you watch it enough times. Like the the robot Arnold getting his skin burned off and oh, and it he turns into no like eye- horrible yeah. screen screen. He has like, no eyebrows. Yeah, no, <laughs> he looks yeah. like an ape. No, no, the first time oh. he gets burned when his eye gets fucked up and like he has his, his eyebrows are burned off and he just looks like a Cro-Magnon man. Like Ugh. he jumps. The on thing the I was laughing about that is like when they do the cuts. Like the shots, like where it's like, you know, plastic Arnold, and then like back to real Arnold face, and plastic Arnold, real Arnold face. Like when he's like cutting out his eye. Yeah, that's actually for me. That's really the only part of the movie that does not hold up. Really, the end movie where like all his skin is burned off, and he's just like the the metal skeleton. Well, I mean, walking can, around like I all, mean, like, I know that that's sixteen frames, like yeah. Chum, chum, but chum, I know chum, that that's stop motion stuff, but still, like. The part with the eye thing and the fake face, that's the only part that looks really fake to me and doesn't hold up at all. The, you know, if I suspend my disbelief enough, like the the well, stop motion with the robot, you know, that, that looks okay. And, and they no, only no, do no. that a little bit. The worst part about it was when there was the one shot of Kyle and Sarah, like, closing a door to the factory and, like, oh, and Skeleton Arnold is, it. like... Yeah run up behind him and it's like really obvious it's like just like an overlay of like whatever's actually behind but him. i think like, after that they don't do that anymore it's just no. they, they show like a kind of like a close-up of the robot like you know just moving kind of like this and just yeah. to show he's pursuing them and they he's a dummy after that right and it looks okay um looks great the fake like dummy robot that gets smashed in the press at the end looks awesome yeah that, that, that part yeah, looks good the because stop it's motion like part is it's actually like you know a physical prop being smashed yeah. not a 1980s cgi stop motion thingy whatever the hell it was i mean they had limited budget they had to spend all their money on arnold yeah supply him with hookers and cigars hookers and blow to keep him sated yeah just a thought i really like when arnold is in like the sleazy hotel room and the guy wants his rent or wants his money and the the menu comes up to start selecting (laughs) the appropriate response what did he want rent i thought it was just like a janitor or something it's like hey you smell like shit in there you got a dead cat in there buddy yeah (laughs) oh i thought it was the the manager who wanted to be paid no it was the janitor guy yeah i figured the the manager would have been a little more persistent about getting his money versus janitor's like ah whatever i don't get paid enough for this shit but like walks away i always thought it looked like an hourly motel and like the black guy that like he's walking down the hall and he's like, damn, he's like holding his gun up. <laughs> oh, I mean the black guy who goes, oh yeah, son, and not at all a uh, stereotypical. Yeah. <laughs> when Arnold just walks in the corridor with his AK. Lodi, <laughs> Lodi. Yeah, it was like, okay, um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting character interpretation there. Yeah. Um, There's like a funny yeah. scene though, like. 30 seconds into the movie where Arnold, the three punks, and he, he kills two, the, the two punks. Yeah. The, the fun thing about this is, like, I hadn't seen it in a while, 
and then we watched Genesis a month or so ago, or a yeah. month and a half. Um, it was kind of neat seeing like the shots that I remember, or that I remembered remembering pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I was trying to remember like the one part where he just like comes in. I was like, wait, did they get the same actor for like the pickup for the garbage truck? Because it looked like the same guy from I Genesis. Think they just reused the footage, honestly. Was oh, it like they yeah. reused the footage? Okay. And they just like did some smoothing on the the negative or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. But then, yeah, the punk scene where they completely got different people there and not even look like them. Oh, yeah. And Genesis, that was that kind of sucked. And like the Arnold face looked really kind of droopy almost. The CGI looked kind of fake. But in, in the original, it's just funny. Well, yeah. In the original, it's funny because it's like young Arnold and, and he's Bill like... Bill Paxton kills Bill Paxton. Yeah. <laughs> Give me your clothes. Your clothes, give them to me. Now. It's been out for two months and nobody's talking about it anymore. What, Genesis? Uh, actually, it, it is. there's going to be another one because Ooh. it has become a very profitable movie because it made a shit ton of money overseas. That's how like a lot of these like shit movies work, though. It's like they don't do that great here and then like they do great overseas. Like, um, But the, the thing that's abnormal about this this time is that the audiences here weren't really that into it, but they said that the audiences in Europe and Asia were really, really into it. And so they've gone, like, had repeat viewings of Terminator Genesis. So it's become, it, it was really popular. Hmm. Now they're making a lot of money, so you can bet there's going to be another one. I don't know what it is about, like, Asian audiences and liking bad English movies. Well, I think... One, there was a <clears throat> part. The movie was part financed by Chinese backers, so they then they had the T one thousand as like a prominent Chinese actor, I think. Oh, yes, that's how China Cop got in the movie yeah. for ten minutes. Well, it's it, and it's interesting too because I saw when I saw Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation, you know, not sci fi related, but still like you know it was sponsored by um, Alibaba Films. Yeah, and a lot of the movie took place in China. Or there was there was a plot point with China and there were Chinese actors. So anyway. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know China was doing that sort of thing, like financing movies and like saying, hey, throw some yeah. Chinese people. Go find the the Chinese copy of Iron Man three. Go watch that. Fascinating. Did Robert Downey Jr. get like his head replaced with like some CGI actor? No, it's just a shot of Iron Man incongruously, like between the parts where he's disabled and broken. And then he's like full shiny Iron Man for him with a bunch of cheering Chinese school children. And there's just like a random guy saying, all of China is behind you. He looks like he's a party official. And then it's just like, okay, back to being crippled again. Wait, are you talking about Iron Man 3 where he like flies somewhere and it's like a random part in China? And no, like... there's just like a part that's dropped in where Chinese school children are cheering for Iron Man and he flies away. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just like weird shit like that. That's kind of weird. All right. <laughs> that's why Terminator One is all, all good stuff. Yeah, that's. I like it because there's there's no CGI in it that's used badly, and I like all the details in it. You can tell a master craftsman made the movie. Oh yeah. I like the price of gasoline. Yeah. Less than a dollar, fifteen cents, yeah. or like in Die Hard in nineteen what eighty nine, it's like 
22 cents you can see it from the top of nakatomi plaza there are so many good scenes in this in the movie i was thinking like not just the punk scene but the scene where arnold like sneaks in the window of her her roommate's uh boyfriend or whatever and, like fucking smashes him against a mirror and stuff oh yeah and, and then when she's like has her her headphones on making a sandwich arnold just comes out and blasts her <laughs> i like arnold was- in the club and where he's like <laughs> he does a really weird aiming thing yeah. like, it looks like he's trying to dance while shooting the gun. yeah <laughs> just, and he just blows up everything in the bar with the uzi nice shot there <laughs> or the when best. he kills the guy in the gun store it's, a, it's always good yeah you can't you can't load you can't that load that wrong <laughs> <laughs> He could load it, and he did. He did. He did. So all the the Arnoldisms, for lack of a better term, like a lot of them start in this movie, right? Like all the I, I'll be backs and whatnot, that like Running Man and like yeah, other things used. Okay. One of the most hilarious movie scenes ever when he tells that fucking front desk cop, like, okay, I'll be back. Just <laughs> rams with the car. Just drives the car up the steps of the police station and just jumps through the window and smashes into the reception. Yeah, area. <laughs> I like the crash dummy in that part behind the desk. Where, the <laughs> and then the whole police station scene is hilarious too. I mean, just like not like that he's killing a bunch of cops. I mean, but the fact that the cops just like die so stupidly, you know, like like uh, Lance Henriksen. He knows, like, he's just like, hey, and just blast him, and Arnold just like, shotgun, bam, dead. (laughs) I think some of that was like, the cops may have like, just been like, oh, hey, like, maybe my partner's a bad shot, and then got his, you know, face, you know, caved in, so I'm going to try myself. Ignoring like, the metal sounds and the fact that like, Kyle just went on this tirade about like, robots and whatnot. Right, and the it's fact like, oh, that maybe that is real. No, no, even if they don't think he's a robot, maybe they could have supposed that he was wearing like body armor or something. That's why he wasn't dropping mm-hmm. when they were shooting him repeatedly. Yeah, like those guys who robbed the North Hollywood Bank. Yeah, yeah, in Heat. No, in real life. <laughs> no, I know in real life, but Heat's based off that, isn't it? Yeah, Heat's one of the best gunfights ever. I fucking love that movie. Can't remember if I've seen that or not. Maybe. Al Pacino's the cop, Robert De Niro is the bank robber, along with Val Kilmer and um, other guy, whatever the fuck his name is. Sounds familiar. They have an awesome shootout in front of the bank. Maybe. I don't know. 50-50 on that one. Wayne Grow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like the police uh, psychiatrist guy. Oh, that guy is like super sleazy. It's like he's the same oh, guy as in up. the in the second movie and the the third. Doctor Silberman, yeah. I like him. In the that's one of my favorite tag ups though in the whole Terminator series is in the third movie when he's like, "There's no such thing as robots outside the graveyard," and like you trying find to, yourself believing yeah. scary things and then crazy Arnold, things. Arnold smashes to the wall with the the coffin and the chain gun. <laughs> he's just running away. He runs. <laughs> Was he in Genesis as well, or my? misremembering was he i don't know if he was i'm not really remembering him in it like okay no no um the guy who was in genesis that was totally misplaced uh jk simmons right yeah yeah he was the cop from like in 1984 
You got looking it up? I am looking it up. Okay. But as good as, as Arnold is in this movie, oh, no. I think Michael Bean is better. He really nails it. Like the uh, totally on the edge, burnt out soldier from an apocalyptic future. I mean, he plays it like you would imagine somebody being from that time. But what is Arnold? I mean, Michael Bean actually has something to do. Like character-wise, Arnold is supposed to literally be an emotionless killing machine robot. So yeah, it's but just like, but you know what? I, I give him okay a lot of that, credit. Like, yeah, yeah, but it's <laughs> it's you know he has so much I guess less demands on him mm-hmm. or fewer demands on his acting ability, such as I don't it is. think so. I I do. No, I don't think so at all because he's not playing a human, which makes it really really hard because he is human. You know, and all the things you have to do to make yourself seem like a robot on camera never break character to me that seems really hard like i remember reading something about how like he had uh he was training himself to he when he moved his head he would move his eyes first to the side because logically that's what a machine would do because that takes less energy when he's turning his head and looking around and i remember reading that he had done it so much on set and stuff that his eyes actually got strained doing that so like he i give him a lot of credit i think it was really tough he nailed like the fine details of being a, a robot. I mean, yeah. I, I I can kind of give him credit there as well. Like, it's not like you ever think it's just like some actor pretending to be a robot. You're actually like, okay, this is actually you know, at least for me, it's like, okay, this is you know Arnold and he is the Terminator. Not ever like, oh, this is just Arnold, and he's playing a robot kind of poorly. I think he's playing a robot well, but it's just like, you're playing a robot. It's like, I'm flat. Give me your clothes. Like, you're not I'm not like saying the, his job... But, that, but that's how like, a robot would say it, because it's emotionless. It can't understand inflections or... Yeah, I I'd understand that. all that, but I'm just saying I think Michael Bean probably has more demands in his yeah, range. Yeah, I think Michael actor. Bean does, but Arnold's performance shouldn't be just be like, oh, you're just playing a robot. That should be easy. Just They're different challenges. I think the challenge is less for Arnold in the movie, but it's not that there isn't a challenge at all. I'm not sold on it. I think Arnold's kind of a boring character in this movie as like far as being an interesting character. I think Wait, Terminator... wait, 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 wait. You don't think the Terminator is interesting in this, in this movie, movie? No, I don't think he is. No. I think he's really interesting. I think he's an interesting concept, but as a character, it's kind of just like, you know, you can one goal. Plug in. That's yeah, it. You could plug in That's anybody. That's why he's interesting, though. You want to know more about like why he's doing this goal, which Bean explains throughout the movie, and then the interesting part is how he goes about terminating people, you know, how he's going to find her. To me, I always thought that was interesting about the character, just how methodical a machine would be, and to have Arnold playing that, really interesting to me. I think T2 Arnold is world's more interesting. Yeah. That's what I was getting. Yeah, because he actually has a character that goes through an arc. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think there's really an arc yeah. for him in this movie. It's just like he shows up, he's killing, 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 dies, and like really, that's it. Well, because the movie's not really a the the character it, who goes through the arc in this movie is Sarah Connor. Yeah, the movie isn't yeah. about Arnold, right. unlike two where it is about him, and you feel like some sort of you know something towards him rather than just like oh, this is antagonist. Yeah, like, I agree whatever. with that. And I don't. I still don't think that he is an uninteresting character in in T one, just because he's this menace that nobody had ever seen before on a screen, really. And 
you know, he's, I mean, I think he's fucking scary in the role. I mean, yeah, he's intimidating. Yeah. I give him that, but just being an intimidating character that hunts down people, it's not like. But it's not just that he's an intimidating character hunting down people. It's that he's an intimidating character who looks like a person who's a machine underneath and he acts like a machine and has to interact with people in 1984 as he's going about achieving his goal of killing her. I mean, I I don't know. I, I think it's pretty thrilling. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that it's bad or anything. It's just Arnold's character isn't doesn't have a good arc at all. And really, he's just single-minded, but that is what a machine would be like being sent yeah. back. And that's future. why I'm okay with him having no arc because I know it's not really about about him. Even though he was, you know, the first name on all the posters. and Well, because, <laughs> I mean, you know, I get that because the movie's called The Terminator, so, of course, like, you want him to be your, your selling point yeah. for the movie. It's not being called, like, yeah. Soldier Sent yeah. Back in Time or Or, you know, mom. Waitress Becomes a, <laughs> you know, Woman Warrior, the movie. Yeah. Terminator, you know. Like, that, that poster sells a movie, not... yeah. What did Arnold do before this movie? What Conan, Conan the Barbarian. Is Conan his biggest thing before this? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Unless you're going to count Hercules in New York, where he had all his voice lines dubbed over because no, he couldn't he w- speak the English. He, he was in a movie in the 70s uh, called Stay Hungry, where he's a personal trainer in a gym that's being sold or something. Jeff Bridges is in the movie with, alongside him. And then he was also in Pumping Iron after that. That's kind of a documentary, so... Yeah, but neither of which achieved the acclaim of Conan. Like, right. more people are going to know what Conan is. But he had been acting for quite a while before he got a break. Yeah, which, I mean, Conan and this were really his two big breaks. It, oh, I mean, okay, acting in the Arnold sense. Well, right, he's I mean, not, he has a range that he can't get out of. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah he, I mean, he's typecasted, but it worked for him, and it's still working for him, really. Well, because he's been smart with his career and, like, kept hitting in that that band that he does well in. Yeah. Like, he's using his skills, such as they are as an actor, like, to always hit it out of the park, doing, like, in this particular spectrum. But it's really interesting how when we were talking about the... or when you guys talked about the sixth day... Well, I was I was there with you for that. Yeah, I left right after. Jingle all the way. Our Christmas movie yeah. review is going to be Arnold's comedy chops. Yeah. But but it's interesting how how the way Arnold plays action characters hasn't changed really throughout his career. He's got this range that he goes. Well, within. I'm okay with an actor having a range like that because then other actors like the one asshole who played um the the main character in Total Recall the remake, like Colin Farrell. Yeah. You get assholes like that who's like done a bunch of different roles, and it's like, ah, he's not really memorable. Like, I usually, I, but I think more of like a Gary Oldman, who's like Gary Oldman, yeah, yeah like everything from the English guy to Jim Gordon to Dracula. crazy to Dracula to um, what's Mister, the guy from the Fifth Element who has the plastic hairpiece he wears. I know oh, who you're talking. I can't about. remember his name. Yeah, Zorg, the villain Zorg. guy. Yeah, yeah, Gary Oldman's in a league of his own. He knocks it out of the park no matter what the fuck he's doing. But the interesting thing about Arnold to me is not that he's stuck in that range. I accept him for what he he is. It's just that he's never deviated from that range, but 
I guess the way people react to his movies has changed a whole lot because, I mean, he's been making movies again since like 2012, right? When he got out of the governor's office. Mm. Yeah, something like that. He was and, in the Expendables 2010, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he had like a five-minute role. I never actually <laughs> saw that movie. I <laughs> yeah. heard it was like really dumb. But. Well, he was like in Expendables 2 for five minutes or something. Oh, he was oh. in the first one, wasn't he? For a cameo. Yeah. When uh, he shows up with like Bruce Willis or something in yeah, the yeah. church. Yeah, yeah. As the contract negotiator guy. Yeah. And the, okay. The, you know, like if he had made the movies now that he's making, if he had made those like in 1991... I'll bet they would be much bigger hits than they are now because they're basically the same kind of movie. It's just people have changed how they respond to his, you know, his style of action hero, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's why I find Terminator 1's Arnold kind of, you know, integral part of the movie, but not really like, wow, I really remember that. That's what I think of every time I think of Arnold because... You know, Justin, I was... I think that, of Arnold in T2. Yeah. Like, that's the main role I think of him in. What but, were you saying? No, that, that when, what Clark said made me think, though, that if, if you want a Terminator character, if you hadn't seen T2 yet and you wanted a Terminator character, but one that had an arc, mm-hmm. you would watch Commando. Because he's basically playing the same character, but he has an arc in the movie. Right? He goes, he's a killing machine who gets sucked back into the world of being a killing machine and he has to rescue his daughter and free himself from that world of being a killing machine forever. Right? Hadn't actually seen this movie. But... Oh, you, oh my God, you haven't seen Commando? <laughs> oh, you have to watch that immediately. Okay. Like, stop the podcast. You have to Does go it watch count it. count as sci fi or? It's not sci fi at all. But okay. it's just like a straight action movie, and he just, like, the whole movie is him, like, blasting people and killing them to try to get his daughter back. Oh, it spoilers. is kind of sci-fi at the end. Okay. He kills an entire courtyard full of goons without ever reloading his gun. It's a good movie. That sounds know. about as sci-fi as Jingle All the Way. Yeah. So just do a double? Maybe. I mean, <laughs> it is breathtaking. He kills, like, 50-plus guys, and it's a 30-round magazine at the most. It's he like chops a... <laughs> some guy's arm off with an axe <laughs> in a shed. He just comes out of the shed. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's on the list. It's entertaining. Okay. There's some more Arnoldisms in there you'll appreciate. <laughs> well, ah, ooh, ah, is in all those movies, but there's it like... It actually wasn't in this movie, was it? I think this is before Ow Ow started. Okay. But after it started, it's been in everything. It's like the, the you get things added to the pile. Like, I'll be back starts in Terminator 1, and then that kind of shows up in every other movie after that. I don't think any of his Terminator, uh, like, anytime he's done, played the Terminator, that he's done a Yeah, when he's wrestling with the, the, uh, the lady Terminator in Terminator 3, he makes Arnold noises. Oh. When he's saying, I am a machine, and he's smashing the car because he's really mad. Oh, yeah. Desire okay. is irrelevant. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. I forgot how fucking stupid I'm that was. Back. Um, and then he puts the, the fusion bomb in her mouth and says, you're terminated. You are terminated. <laughs> that was yeah. such a bad one. <laughs> it was, really. Although, I, if you're... But a thing I liked about Terminator 3, to the point of, like, the Arnold robot and Terminator 1 doing, like, the methodical robot thing, of like, I don't know what Sarah Connor looks like, so... I'm going to find a phone book, and everybody named Sarah Connor, I'm just going to kill them all because, you know, that's 
I'll, I'll hit the mark. Whatever. It's the easiest way to do it. If you're not sure, just kill everybody who could possibly be your target, and then you'll win. But, like, one of the first people that um, the female Terminator goes and kills is, like, the kid at the drive-thru because he turns out to be one of John Connor's lieutenants in the future. You not remember this? Yeah, I remember No, that. I don't remember that point. She kills a kid in the drive-thru because he's part of the resistance leadership, so it's, like, that I think that that's this, it's an in and out burger. Yeah. Right. Oh, another product placement for that movie. Fuck. But yeah, but I mean, there's no product placements in this movie really because number one, yeah. it's like a small, it was a really small movie. And two, it was kind of, I think before. Yeah. Product placement was really a big thing. Product placement really took off later in the eighties. Like Terminator two has more product placement, especially when the kids are fucking with the ATM. I don't yeah. remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah. What yeah. was the... The bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the arcade and everything Oh, all there. the video games right. in the arcade and the stores in the mall. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, they're, in the, they're in the Glendale Galleria. I mean... Yeah, and they basically they do a big, long advertising shot for everything that's inside the Glendale Galleria. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I remember that now. Do you want to have an Arnold fun fact? What's that? Or I guess an Arnold movie crossover fun fact. I forgot to mention this on the sixth day, so I'll just throw it in now. But when he's at the police station saying there's a clone attacking my wife, yeah, the little psychiatrist who shows up, like the holographic psychiatrist, before Arnold tells him to turn off, he starts giving him the Voight-Kampf test. Oh. Asking him, like, you see two turtles lying on their back in the desert? <laughs> but that's on Blade Runner, <laughs> Blade isn't Runner. It? Yeah, but that, that's yeah. just a funny little connection there. It's like there's... Kind of the incestuous nature of the 80s, 90s sci-fi community as far as writers and stuff. Like, I've always wanted to ask that question in an interview before. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a new interview question then. I'll have to add that to the list. <laughs> oh, that'll be so fun doing that. <laughs> yeah. I have to look up the exact text of the question, though, from Blade Runner, just or from Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, just to make sure. Mm-hmm. So anybody doing interviews out there, throw that one in there for the next one. They get it right. Hire them on the spot. Because you can't trust the Benelli spine test. It's not 100% accurate. Yeah. What yeah. is the correct answer? for Start the... freaking out on jumping out the wall. Isn't that the correct answer? <laughs> no, that's what no. the guy does. <laughs> <laughs> you have to help them. It's a measure of your humanity if you can sympathize with the plight of a turtle on its back in the desert that's going to die if you don't help it. Right, but I forget in the movie he's giving, at the beginning of the movie, he's giving that, the what's his name, the, I don't know, the fat redneck guy, uh, replicant. That fat test. redneck guy, yeah. Yeah, and wh- how does he fail the test? Because he keeps asking, like, follow-up questions or something, or he doesn't have the pupil response? Like, he, he doesn't indicate that he has any sort of sympathy for him. He's just like... Isn't he like getting confused at the question? Like, yeah, like like the guy says, like, imagine it's your mother or something. He's like, why would my mother be on her back yeah. or something? And he just can't like yeah. apprehend the the nature of the question. So okay, yeah, they know he's not a human. So if you try giving that to Arnold in Terminator, he just uh, shoves his hand up through your torso and rips your heart out, like he does to the punk. <laughs> he's gonna <laughs> grab your spine or rip your. What is the other Arnold line? Oh, from Running Man? Yeah. Oh. I'm going to shove my fist like up your ass and rip out your spine. <laughs> it's right up there with you're fired from True Lies. Where he's holding the TV. 
No, no, you're fired when he, he shoots the guy. No, I know, but in Running Man, he's holding the TV and, like, talking. Kill you, oh, the I'm camera, like the my... camera drone. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to shove my hand up your ass and rip out your spine. <laughs> Which are, the Terminator really should have done to somebody. I think he got Just, like, ripped enough. out their skull like a predator yeah. would. Yeah, that'd be actually pretty cool. It would be. But Predator didn't come out this... Yeah, Predator was after this movie. Yeah, this is, like, Arnold's first foray into the whole like action sci-fi genre if you will mm -hmm. pretty conan, successful conan was kind of sci-fi e conan's like straight sword and sorcery fantasy it, let's just pretend it's like no, a desolate no, future so. where like no, it's not the gunslinger sorry <laughs> <laughs> fine fine you're uh, gonna trust arnold with the horn of eld i never really watched conan so that's from Dark Tower. Oh, the book series well, I haven't started reading yet. If you haven't seen Conan the Barbarian, I suggest watching it. It's a, it's a very entertaining movie. And if you haven't read any of the original Conan source material, mm -hmm. it's well worth reading. Okay. Next on the list is Dark Tower, so it's going to be a while. Well, that'll, yeah, that'll take you quite a while to get through <laughs> yep. that. Chase a man through the desert. Especially the, uh, like, once he got to the fourth and... Um, the fourth book and every book after that, they were like huge, like thousand page books. Doorstops. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Something to read before winds come out. Yeah. I guess if you're on an airplane, it's a great thing. <laughs> or sleep. Right. <laughs> Can sleep when you're dead, Justin. Yeah. I like sleeping. Naps are great. Didn't Antran teach you that? You don't need to sleep? He's in a league of his own. Okay. That's he's going to die when he's like 35. Just don't. Not sleeping. Don't sleep for three days and then be so shaky from hunger and lack of sleep that you just like crush up three pieces of bread into a ball and stick them in your mouth and then pass out. I mean, that can't be healthy. It's the new craze. I'm pretty sure Arnold would approve that. He's a fitness and nutrition expert. He Arnold. would probably say that that's like a, it's a good move. I wonder if Arnold had like some like strict dietary like thing in his contract, like this has to be provided on set so like he could continue like building oh, probably. his muscles or whatever. Probably. He has to have like a certain amount of steak and eggs provided for breakfast every day. But you know what's the freaky thing is when you see him in that first scene and he looks like fucking jacked and huge, like he's actually like pretty small compared to like where he was. He like lost a bunch of weight to do Conan and Terminator, which I always found really hard to believe because he looked massive. But nope, I guess like he was even bigger and he had to lose a lot of weight. But I think if like he, he just looks like he's really, really, really in shape and like this, the what's that thing, the Vitruvian man, the Da Vinci drawing? Yeah, yeah. He, that's what he looks like in Terminator. I think if he was like his Mr. Olympia size, like pumping iron size Arnold, he would look like unbelievable. Like I wouldn't be able to believe a robot would be able to, you know, navigate gracefully and react quickly if he's that big. Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. He'd look too much like Captain Freedom. Yeah, see, that, that's what he reminds me of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised Arnold never did a workout series, workout video series. He did. 
He did? What? Yeah, he did like some like aerobic thing. Oh, we need to watch that. He is wearing like spandex and stuff and like lifting weights while he's doing aerobics. He did a lot of that shit. I I missed all of these. I'm only familiar with pumping iron. And he was like selling tons of books back in the day about fitness. Like he has, I think he has like five or six books about fitness and diet. See, that's the type of thing I would expect him to have. Like books like that, not a, not a Tybo series or whatever type thing. Billy Blanks. Billy Planks. Double time. Oh, oh that shit. Yeah, okay. That's a typo. That was the guy. I, okay, sure. It's, I, Isn't he like a crackhead now or something? Yeah, I thought he just sort of <laughs> fell off the map and like flew all his fortune on hookers and blow. I mean, that is tempting. Hookers and blow? That's what Notch should do. Probably will. <laughs> he sounds lonely. I think he should just go back to Sweden. L.A.'s lonely. I don't see why, like, if you were to stumble on that amount of money, why you'd go and buy a house. I mean, just live a normal lifestyle and just buy shit you want. Don't need yeah. to buy, like, 50 cars Because that's what you're supposed to do. But, uh, you know, I know this is not sci-fi, but seriously, like, he, he fucking outbid Jay-Z for that house. Yeah. Like, like why would you want something that much? <laughs> well, I mean, but, yeah, but... It, He's a guy who grew up, I guess, a fairly normal life in Sweden, right? So what does he know about having a shitload of money? Yeah, he just got a shitload of money. It's like, okay. Yeah, it's like, um, oh, I'm rich now. This is what you do, right? Right, you yeah, just, yeah. like, go to, like, these big house auctions and just... This is what you're supposed to do when you're rich. You move to L.A. and buy a big house in the hills. Supposedly. I guess it's, I guess it's true what they say. You know, you can resist everything but temptation. Is that one of those unhelpful Chinese philosophy things? I guess. Okay. I heard it somewhere, but it seems pretty apt to describe his situation. Well, there's been a ton of research done on like lottery winners who are you know, dissatisfied despite having a big increase in their lifestyle or spend it all or kill themselves because it's like... Well, those are the lottery winners. You actually hear about the ones that are you know, smart and just like get a lawyer, put it into a fund or whatever that'll reinvest itself. Right, just put it into a trust and then... We'll live, you know, a, a nice life, but such as, you know. I mean, most people, yeah, it's like they don't have any money, and then they come on that, and it's like, oh, wow, I'm just, like, going to go crazy and buy, like, all this stuff, and it's blown in a year and a half. Yeah, I mean, you should take it from us, though, because we're all billionaire podcasters. Yeah, if you ever win the lottery, just put it in a trust fund and... And start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Back to Terminator. Yes. Plus, Arnold's sunglasses in Terminator are awesome. Oh, was, yeah, so that's what I was going to say. I have a pair of them. They're so cool. When he fucks up his eye, that's where the sunglasses oh, I, come from. Oh, I like when... Um, it's so obvious. Like, they put it on, like, the rubber Arnold head. And then, like, it cuts away or something from, like, a frontal shot to, like, his side profile. And it's like, hey, it's real Arnold again adjusting his glasses. It's like with pores and whatnot. Yeah. That is that's so funny too. Like they just the blood pooling in the the sink, and then it's like back to the weird like plastic mask, yeah, plastic the Halloween mask, mask. and then like it, it looks like a Jason mask. Yeah, <laughs> probably is. Would have been that cheap right to get. Horror reference, Jason. The, what you, oh no, Michael Myers. Myers. Yeah, Michael yeah. Myers. Yes. Mask. Okay. The hockey mask might have looked a little yes. weird. Yes. Yes. I, I meant Michael Myers. But yeah, the, it looks just like that. Yeah, it does. Arnold face. But I, that's probably what they used. Honestly, it's like a really cheap way of doing things. But uh, James Cameron's pretty clever about this stuff. Like the uh, the cut Terminator Two shot where they're 
drilling in Arnold's head to reset his computer or whatever, they had to use Linda Hamilton's twin sister to fake the mirror shot. And oh. then they cut that whole scene out. Yeah, for some reason. That's amazing, <laughs> though. Hmm. I didn't know there was a scene like that. Yeah, we'll it's talk in, about it next week. It's in the, like, yeah, but it's in the deleted scenes. And so I'll have to dig that up. Yeah. Okay. James Cameron's a master at just improvising stuff, though. And this movie really was done on a shoestring budget comparative to, like, Terminator 2. Yeah, it was like six or seven million. That's, I think, what I saw on Wikipedia. But but the sunglasses. Yeah. They're awesome. They're a big part of the budget, though. They're gargoyle sunglasses. If you want a pair, they have them on their website. <laughs> I'm sure that's, like, their biggest seller. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They make, like, you know, 100,000 sunglasses in a year. It's, like, you know, 90,000 of them are that. I don't know. I don't know. They should be. They're pretty Maybe. good sunglasses. Yeah, they're pretty good. And yeah, they can stop a bullet. And yeah, and Arnold makes them look good. Lens. Wait, is this the real glasses or like the movie? real glasses are rated for? Um, they're like rated to deflect bullet, like a bullet. Huh. Okay. Or the, so so their marketing says. I'm not going to test that assumption. <laughs> Don't but, be one of those guys that like die from testing something oh themselves God, that they make. Yeah, don't get me started on that. That's like the guy. Oh, there was some guy that like made a parachute and jumped off the Eiffel Tower and just like. Yeah, maybe you should like a controlled environment would have been better for testing in that. Yeah. Uh, but the glasses were tough to find. Actually, I was surprised because they're not on the website. They are on the website, but the website was hard to find. The brand was hard to find. So because I guess like they're not like in the top, you know. I would have figured if you search for like Terminator sunglasses, that would be like the first. If they have you, a good like, you know what? If you do SEO. that though, it's weird. You get the ones from Terminator Two, because like I guess those were a bigger hit. Because the movie was a bigger hit. Yeah, I, I mean Terminator that. Two, and you know, I think it was a bigger hit at the box office. Yeah. More cool and Arnold in that role rather than this first one. But I think yeah. the most important lesson is to keep in mind that your your gargoyle sunglasses look awesome, but if you walk through a bunch of fire, you're still going to burn your skin off. And become That's a right. robot skeleton. That's right. Stop motion robot skeleton. Yeah, and then you get crushed in a power press and have your, your head, your brain chip be somewhat damaged and then have your arm be okay. And then some fucks at Cyberdyne System are going to put it in their little airtight vault and look at it. Was there any reference to like that in this movie that I missed? Like some cop at the end possibly like There's picking a deleted up the scene. Hand? Oh, there is? There's a deleted scene <clears throat> with some guys from Cyberdyne looking at the stuff and they're like huh <laughs> it's just like maybe we should use this oh okay yeah but yeah i wasn't sure if it was just like something that was like retconned in like in the later movies just like oh yeah that hand that wasn't smashed we totally have it over here and like we're using it to i think because it's a deleted scene you know it's, it's technically not canon or anything for the you know we don't know that that's what happened i like that twist in terminator 2 that they they had that kind of paradox thing that the Terminator was responsible for creating itself. But it kind of makes sense, though, because his yeah. arm is out of the press. It's yeah. trying to choke Sarah Connor. So it, it is undamaged, and his head is only kind of smushed. So it, it make, it's a good plot point. I like it. And that Kyle Reese tells us that the old-style Terminators had rubber skin, which is funny. <laughs> It's like, okay, no shit, they're easy to spot. They have, they have rubber skin. They look like Arnold when he's, like, crying his eye out. Yeah, and then I think in Salvation, didn't they actually have the ones with rubber skin 
in there. The big ones. They looked really yeah. fake. Yeah. Mm, I don't remember that. Well, I mean, I if somebody's eight once. feet tall and they weigh like 600 pounds and they, they make like servo noises when they walk. Yeah, and they all had Gatling guns. Possibly a robot. Uh, maybe it'll get past like the, the first, you know check or like when they're walking up to the little bunkers that's why they had the dogs in the cage like i mean let's be honest it would get through airport security (laughs) it would i went through airport security like a week ago and i was it was not inspiring the security it wasn't i saw lots of things that were suspect did you go through the radiation machine or the x-ray or, sorry, the uh, metal detector. Metal detector. I don't go through that little see-through-my-clothes machine. And I think they've taken all those out anyway in a lot of airports because they just were proven ineffective. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people are, like, showing ways that you could, like, hide a blade along the side of your body or something like yeah, that. And and have like, it look like flesh or something. Yeah. So you could yeah. take in, like, this, you know, 18-inch blade on a plane. It's like, hey, guys, like, check out your machine. It sucks. It's cool technology, but sorry, I just, I, if I was flying all the time, I would not want to be bombarded by x-rays every time I wanted to fly. That's mm. actually a good point in relation to Terminator, though, is, like, the technology is cool, but it's about who's running it, who's using it. Right. Because the technology may be effective, but... Um, not to paint with too broad a brush, but the people who work for the TSA generally um, are not in high demand for like Blackwater security. You know, they're they're not like ex Navy SEALs. So, so what do you guys? Yeah, I mean, what do you think the possibility that we're going to have like a Terminator type robots in the next decade or so? Hundred percent. You think we'll have like some kind of autonomous? ground-based killing It machines. might not be a bipedal man robot, but like the Boston Dynamics uh, donkey robot. Yeah, I can see robots being used in that sort of fashion. Not like a humanoid-type robot. Like, I see humanoid robots maybe being used for like reception-type things. Like, in Japan, they have like some robots that are like in a department store. Like, you know, you go up to the robot and they're like, oh, the perfume's over here or whatever. Yeah. Like, I see it, like, in that sort of fashion and, like, you know, domestic use rather than military use. It's going to be whatever robot gets the job done. It's not like they're going to have a robot drone pilot in a drone or something. It's like they're just going to have a drone flying around bombing people. It's a robot, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And if there are things on ground, I see them more with um, treads, things like that. Yeah. Something that's more all-terrain and... The whole balance thing on a robot is just, like, something really tricky to solve to, like, navigate around an environment. I see, like, autonomous robots, like, maybe armed versions of WALL-E in the next 10 years. Like, something, something not like that, but something that looks like that. You know, because, like, I just think about that movie. He, he had to navigate the garbage planet, which turned out to be Earth, but anyway... Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Spoiler there. You haven't seen it? No, I have. Oh, okay. okay. I was going to say, if you haven't seen it, fuck you. <laughs> I think it's Wally for a sci fi movie. It is a sci fi movie. We should watch it. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's a great movie. <laughs> I like Wally. I'm but I, I remember he had to navigate all like the skyscrapers of trash that he had built and stuff. And, you know, that was a lot of inclines. And he had like a gyro system in his treads that was pretty sophisticated. Mm-hmm. I see something like if they had something like that, it'd be really easy and. You know, you could easily navigate, like, the hills in Afghanistan or wherever. I think it's going to be the four-legged thing from Boston Dynamics after they had that. I read that they want to use that as, like, not as, like, a 
like an arm thing, but as like a reconnaissance vehicle or something that can like really quickly get out there and like bring supplies to soldiers. That yeah, are... I could see it like if they're on patrol, have that thing walking around with them, either for like something to take cover behind or like have supplies on. It's carrying their gear. Yeah. Like that's what I would use it for. I don't want to carry that fucking sack of 90 pound stuff. Yeah. Like put it on the little robot guy. That's what he's for. Mm-hmm. I never put a gun on it. Like, See, like it's a big gun sitting on his back. Just a gun. Like, <laughs> I, just like they have that uh, scope for the sniper rifle now that will automatically calculate the wind speed and the glide path of your bullet and try and put your gun more on target. So you don't need a spotter anymore? Well, you don't need a spotter, and you don't necessarily need to like zero in your scope. The machine will just go, oh, okay, 300 meters away, the wind's this, so you want to aim it here. But that I mean, exists. They're all like hmm? kind of easy calculations to make if you know the inputs. Well, yeah, but I mean, as far as doing it consistently and doing it quickly enough that it's actually applicable, like it's yeah, better than a useful. spotter, actually. Right. Yeah. And you put that on a robot, and a robot that the guy goes out in the parking lot in the winter. I mean, that video was actually kind of creepy, where the guy is putting his foot against it, trying to knock it over on the ice. Oh, that video is... Well, I thought you were talking about a newer video I hadn't seen yet, but yeah, that video, that's pretty old. Well, there's that one, and there's the one, the, the new robot they built, that's the cheetah, the one that runs with all four of its legs off the ground, like like mm-hmm. the cheetah does. It was fast. Yeah, it's super fast. It like, fast. I think you just go in there, like, run into wherever you're trying to go, and just... Why don't even need to put guns on it. Put, like, uh, outward uh, flechette claymores, like, psh- you know, ball bearings or something. I think it's one of those things that would be really good for, like, reconnaissance on the ground. Like, if you have this thing just, like, running through the streets or whatever, like... But I guess it could be just as susceptible to, like, you know, you know, cell phone bombs or something like that. So, so basically they built Ravage from Transformers? It reminds me more of the Hound from Fahrenheit 451. Oh, okay. The mechanical Hound. thinking something, a reference that neither of you would get from Metal Gear Solid, but whatever. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Hey, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess it's a ways, because I think it'd be cool, like, one day if we, you know, having, like, synthetic people, like, actually have robots indistinguishable from humans in most cases, so we all have our, like, David robot doing our chores for us. But that's way, way far away. We have Roombas. <laughs> but do you want the Roomba to just zoom around on the floor or do you want the humanoid guy using your vacuum and cleaning your house I don't care with the Roomba going around on my floor I mean I don't have one personally but but does the Roomba really do a thorough job depends on which one you buy I think it depends on the ma- I think they do well on hardwood floors right well, but there's yeah. there's some that are made specifically for carpets, and then there are others that can you know quote unquote do any surface. Like it's come a long way since the original Roomba that kind of sucked. I mean, I still see, see the cats riding. Yeah, no, I still <laughs> see those one pictures of like if like your dog you know takes a dump in the middle of the floor, it like spreads <laughs> it all through the house. <laughs> I've seen those too. Yeah. <laughs> They'll get there eventually. They'll figure it out. Yeah. But if I had a David robot, I would just make him do Magneto impressions all day if it is going to be based off of Michael Fassbender. It won't be, or he'll be the richest man on the planet overnight. <laughs> <laughs> the royalties alone. Yeah. yeah, it'll probably be based off... Um, well, like when they're designing the Terminator in uh, the behind-the-scenes... Sergeant Candy. Yeah. When Arnold has the hilarious southern accent dubbed over. It's a deleted scene from Terminator 3. 
where the Defense Department people are talking about like the next phase of the Terminator project. Because you remember like the, the tank robots in Terminator 3 that are like the big white giant Wally robots with the machine guns? Vaguely, yeah. It's like the Terminator 1. And the, the guy who looks vaguely like Val Kilmer is in there giving the presentation on the next generation. They're going to make like the bipedal robot man Terminator and they're modeling it off of Master Sergeant John Candy, who's Arnold, oh. which explains how Arnold becomes the Terminator model. Okay. And it's Arnold Ooh. with like a hilarious southern, like good old boy accent running on a treadmill, like, Hi, I'm Master Sergeant John Candy. And then <laughs> Arnold's voice is dubbed over the Val Kilmer guy. So it's, that's like how it ends up with his voice because the guy's, the, one of the generals is like, wow, he sounds like he's retarded. And the, the other guy goes like, I'll take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> There's delete, the deleted scenes are some of the funniest shit in all the Terminator movies, but they just get cut out, which is unfortunate. But we really are going to watch the mirror thing or you're going to watch it after we're done with the podcast because it's amazing. Oh, okay. I guess it's one of those honest to God, like really good trick shots that you wouldn't know about unless somebody had told you. Is that how they get, like, some of the shots in, like, a mirrored elevator type thing? Well, okay, so, uh, you know in Aliens when we watch that and they yeah. have the, um, with the hypersleep containers for all the Marines? Mm -hmm. So there were really only three hypersleep containers and they put, like, a mirror between that. So it looks like there's a row of, like, 20 of them. And it was an awesome, awesome shot the way they just did that. And it was so cheap, too. It was I mean, just that's what, like, all the, like, dinky little like asian restaurants do they put like a mirror on their one wall right and it looks like oh this place is massive really it's just like a row of like you know eight <laughs> yeah. booths or something yeah, yeah it worked so it worked really well <laughs> it's been 10 19 for three hours yes yes <laughs> that's all i have to say about terminator you can't fool me yep, yep. it's pretty good so Terminator 2 is next week. Uh, hopefully Sam will be back. Allegedly he's going to be finished uh, with his uh, big move. So it should be the four of us discussing the Arnold Terminator uh, redux, I guess, with um, guy I can't remember and Linda Hamilton. Who's the guy I can't remember? Creepy T-1000 guy. Oh, I can't remember him either. Colonel Sumner from Stargate Atlantis who dies like a bitch. What's his name, Grant? Um, God, yeah, I can't remember now. Yeah, Something no. with an R. Uh, Robert Patrick? Robert Patrick. Well, there you go. Thank you, Justin. So we're going to be back with Arnold, Robert Patrick, and Linda Hamilton next week. Foster mom. Is that? Oh, it is. You're right. It is Vasquez. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't put that together. Well, there you go. So it'll be a, a James Cameron reunion then. <laughs> Hey, Arnold's in True Lies, Vasquez is in Aliens, True Linda Lies Hamilton's in Terminator. Huh? True Lies wasn't out yet when this came out, was it? True Lies is 1990. No, I'm saying it's a James Cameron, like, you know. Oh. He's the common thread between a lot of people. Oh, yeah.